Check. No. Do you want me to? Oh, there we go. All right. Well, good morning. In case you didn't hear that, good morning. Officially, good morning. Uh, welcome to our service of worship today here at Stanley Park Baptist Church. Um, this is a special service today. Uh, and today, our focus is on praying for the persecuted church in the world. Uh, persecution is very real. It's a daily reality for more than 340 million Christians worldwide. IDOP stands for International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. And every year, Christians from all over the world come together to pray, to pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ who are being persecuted. And today, we are doing just that. November 7th has been set aside as IDOP. While we pray for all of our persecuted brothers and sisters in Christ today, we will be praying specifically for our brothers and sisters in Christ in three countries, uh, specifically Algeria, Cuba, and India. We will be hearing some of their stories today and taking time as part of our service uh, to, to lift them before the Lord in prayer. Then we're going to hear a message about discipleship through persecution from Gary Stagg, who is the executive director of Open Doors Canada, which is an organization that serves persecuted Christians in the world's most restrictive countries, and they are the primary organization behind IDOP. This year's theme verse is Hebrews 12, verses 28 and 29, and this will be our call to worship this morning. Hear these words from the writer of Hebrews, chapter 12, verses 28 and 29. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. May he be praised this day through our worship. Amen. If you are able, would you stand together as we begin to worship the Lord through song this morning? Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul. Worship His holy name Sing like never before Oh my soul I'll worship Your holy name The sun comes up It's a new day it's time to sing your song again Whatever may pass And whatever lies before me Let me be singing when the evening comes Bless the Lord, O oh my soul soul worship his holy name sing like never before oh my soul 
worship your holy name. You're rich in love and you're slow to anger. Your name is great and your heart is kind. For all your goodness I will keep on singing ten thousand reasons for my heart to find bless the Lord oh my soul oh my soul worship his holy name sing like never before strength is failing the end draws near and my time your praise unending ten thousand years and then forever bless the Lord oh my soul oh my soul Worship His holy name, sing like never before, oh my soul, I worship Your holy name, bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship His holy name. the kids to Bible Town, and I'm also uh, going to commit the offering to the Lord. So would you join me at this time in bowing our heads 
and praying together. Father, we have come this morning indeed to bless your name. It's offering time, church family. This is a time where... Because you are good and your mercies endure forever. We thank you, Lord, uh, for all that you have done, for all that you are doing in our midst right now and what you will continue to do in our midst. All the praise and all the glory and all the honor is to you and to you alone. This morning, we, we pray over our children as they go to their classes. I pray that you would open once again the eyes of their hearts, that they might be able to see you and know you better and know you more as the awesome God that you are, and that their lives would continue to change and that they would continue to look more and more like you each and every day as they hear your word and as they worship you. We also, Father, come to you uh, bringing our tithes and our offerings. Father, everything we have comes from you. And so we bring our offerings as a, as a way to say thank you for all that you have done and for all that we know you'll continue to do. And we want to bring those as well because we want to see your kingdom expand here on earth. We want to see more people come to know you. We want to see more people know your peace and your joy, your grace. Especially during these times, people need you. And so that's why we give, Lord. We give because we acknowledge what you've done in our lives. And we want to see you continue to do your work in and through us, through your church, that we would continue to be a blessing to people around us, that your name would continue to be glorified. And so we pray that you would bless what we have given, because we know that even little is much when it's in your hands. Again, all the glory and all the honor is yours and yours alone. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, and we ask all these things, and we thank you. Amen. Thank you, children, for being uh, with us during the time of singing. And now you may go to Bible Town. Thank you for joining us. As they go, we will continue to worship the Lord through song. And through this song, we are going to essentially pray our prayer of offering, offering our lives to the Lord once again. I will offer up my life in spirit and truth Pouring out the oil of love as my worship to you In surrender I must give my every part Lord receive the sacrifice of a broken heart Jesus, what can I give? What can I bring to so faithful a friend, to so loving a king? Savior, what can be said? What can be sung? 
as a praise of your name for the things you have done oh my words could not tell not even in part of the debt of love that is owed by this thankful heart you deserve my every breath for you've paid the great cost giving up your life to death even death on a cross you took all my shame away there defeated my sin opened up the gates of heaven and have beckoned me in jesus what can i give what can i bring to so faithful a friend to so loving a king savior what can be said what can be sung as a praise of your name for the things you have done oh my words could not tell not even in part of the debt of love that is owed by this thankful heart jesus what can i give to so faithful a could not tell not even in part of the debt of love that is owed by this thankful heart. how many people are thankful this morning are you really thankful this morning yeah. <laughs> amen amen و صبح ساعت هفت و نیم صبح من خواب بودم توی تخت وقتی من در رو باز کردم چون به عنوان پستچی اومده بود پاشو گذاشت لایه درد که من نتونم هیچ حرکتی انجام بدم و بعد گفت ما حکم داریم که خونه شما رو بازرسی کنیم خواهرم اتاق بغل خواب بود پدرم هم خونه نبود صبح زود من بیدار شدم و دیدم که مامانم کنارم نشسته و خب و بعدش صدای بیسیم شنیدم و از مامانم پرسیدم که چه اتفاقی افتاده من دیگه شروع کردم به ریختن خونه و فکر میکردم که آیا بعد از این چی میشه و واقعا آیا ما میتونیم از این محله که یه جون سالم به در ببریم 
و رفتم و دیدم که همه وسایلمون وسط خونه است همه کتابامون قاب اکسامون و هر چیزی که مربوط میشد به مسیحیت ها برمیداشن حتی توی لباسشوی یا لباسشوی دستشوی همه جا را میگشتن و همه وسایل رو جمع کردن و خواستن که آلبوم های اکسمونم ببینن اکسی که با کیشیشی یا کسی گرفته باشی و بعد گفت رو بگیر با شماره تلفن خونه وقتی گرفتم سریع گوشی ها از من با شدت گرفت که اسمم و صدا زد و گفت که سریعت بیا خونه به محض که وارد خونه شدم چهار نفر مرد بودن دستای من بستم بابا رو دست بسته و چشم بسته سوار ماشین کردن بردنش حتی به ما نگفتن کجا فقط بردنش من اونجا مسیح ها کنار خودم احساس کردم مسیح ارزش همه چیز رو به نظر من داره و به نظر خودم ما هیچ بهایی هنوز ندادیم برای مسیح Powerful words at the end of that video. Jesus is worth everything, <laughs> and she doesn't think they've paid a price yet. Wow, it's amazing. Almost makes me rethink <laughs> my commitment to our wonderful Savior. Well, this morning we will be praying for uh, for a few countries. I have the responsibility this morning of uh, praying for uh, Christians in Algeria. And so we're going to do that. But before, uh, before I do that, just want to uh, present um, kind of a little intro, just some uh, information about that country and the Christians there. You'll also see some prayer points uh, up on the screen, and that's uh, what I'll lead us in prayer uh, about. The majority of uh, Christians in Algeria are converts from Islam. They are most at risk of persecution, not just from their family and extended family, but from the wider community, which includes local ethnic leaders and elders. This can involve harassment, beatings, threats, imprisonment, as well as pressure to adhere to Islamic customs. Pressure is also exerted by state officials, uh, receptive to the teachings of radical Islamic teachers, They use the, their influence to limit freedom of converts, including preventing them from expressing their views in public. Those living in the rural and religiously more conservative parts of Algeria, which acted as a stronghold for Islamist insurgents in the fight against the government in the 90s, are particularly exposed to pressure and danger. 
Laws regulating non-Muslim worship prohibit anything that would shake the faith of a Muslim or be used as a means of seduction intended to convert a Muslim to another religion. And in the past three years, authorities in Algeria have engaged in a systematic campaign against EPA churches. So that's the organization known as, uh, in English, Protestant Church of Algeria, which has seen 13 churches forcibly closed by the authorities. And others have also received orders to cease all activities. So that's the situation there in, in Algeria. And so we're going to pray at this time. I'm going to lead us in a, a brief moment of prayer for our brothers and sisters in Algeria. Uh, as you see, we'll be praying that churches that have been uh, forced to close, uh, that the Lord would open uh, a way and open doors that they would be able to reopen. Um, and we'll also pray that people who have the courage to, um, to accept Jesus Christ and follow him, that they would uh, be able to find a community of believers that can support them and strengthen them. Uh, we know it's already hard here <laughs> when you don't have a community of believers to help you grow. It's probably a lot more difficult in the midst of persecution. And we'll also uh, pray uh, that there would be um, strategic relationships established between Christians and local leaders who really have influence in, in those places uh, so that there would be more respect for the Christian faith and for believers. So would you join me now at this time as we pray? Father, we lift up to you our brothers and sisters in the country of Algeria. We know you've seen their hardship and that you're their joy and that you are their strength in their tribulation. We pray today that churches that have been closed will be reopened. We pray against the tactics that the enemy is using to affect worship. We pray that every law that hinders in any way Christians' freedom to worship would be repealed. Lord, we know how important it is to have a community of believers as support to grow well spiritually. And how much more, Lord, in the midst of persecution. We pray that all those who've had the courage to make the decision to deny themselves, to carry their cross and follow Jesus, would have access to the support system found in a community of believers and of, of brothers and sisters in Christ. Your ways, which are much higher than our ways, that you would set up divine encounters between believers and local leaders who are influential. We pray for healthy and life-changing relationships to be born out of these encounters. And may this inspire respect in communities towards Christianity. And above all, we pray that this would bring honor to you and honor to your name. And it is in your powerful name that we pray, the name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. Next place is Cuba. Unlike the overt violence that Christians faced during the communist revolution, now it's a more subtle type of persecution. Largely out of concern for global reputation, 
Christian leaders are often summoned by government officials for requesting or for questioning or held up. Christian leaders are often summoned by government officials for questioning or held up to 48 hours to pressure them. And churches are demolished by hired gangs so that the government can deny the responsibility. Legal church buildings are seized, so, and no new church buildings have been legally built in the country since the revolution. Many believers meet in illegal house churches, often extensions of the pastor's homes, or in shaded structures in the backyard of a family's home. Churches continue to grow throughout, through active evangelistic activity, but some believers have never owned a Bible because, government of, of, because of government oppression. Though no Christians are known to be imprisoned in Cuba, many are closely watched so that they are effectively under house arrest. In addition, Christians are often denied jobs and educational opportunities because of their faith. Though great strides have been made in Bible distribution, access remains restricted. In 2017, Cuba allowed the purchase and the sales of Bibles only to members of the Ecumenical Protestant Church organization. But most Christian literature remains illegal. There are no Christian bookstores in Cuba. There is a shortage of Bibles, which even when available, can cost a third of a worker's monthly income. Something we take very much for granted. Please join in praying for the persecuted church in Cuba. Father God, in the name of Christ, we come before you. I thank you that for the things that we have, that we do have Bibles, and I pray for those in Cuba who wish and desire so much to get a hold of your word, who desire to be able to meet together without persecution from the government. God, we pray for the Christian leaders who are being threatened with imprisonment by their oppressive government and who are um, are being shut down and, uh, and oppressed. We pray for the parents who have been arrested for trying to remove their children from communist indoctrination at schools. God, we pray for the recently demolished under, unregistered church and more than 2,000 others that are at risk who just want to meet together and worship you. We pray for the pastors who are pressured to provide the government with information about church leaders. We pray for encouragement, wisdom for the Christian pastors. They know how to navigate these tremulous times. We pray for your word to reach the most remote parts and areas of the island, that people may know more of who you are and have your word accessible to them. And give them wisdom, give them protection, Give them guidance. And most of all, I pray that you give them your Holy Spirit, that they may know you intimately, and to have that connection with other Christians and that amazing fellowship that they desire so much. I pray that they glorify and honor you, as I'm sure they do, that we bless you in all things. In the name of Christ, amen.
the points are up there, but just a quick, uh, I think it's wonderful that we are praying for the persecuted church around the world, but oftentimes we don't think of Canada as a persecuted church. I think we need to remember that, that I think increasingly, especially during this pandemic season, we have experienced that. I think we should continue to do that. Uh, quick question, uh, how many of you have uh, played the game Whack-A-Mole? Okay, a number of you have. India is like a whack-a-mole right now for the church. Every church that they are suppressing, 10 are popping up all over the place. It's an enigma because while the Indian movie industry continues to portray the church and Jesus in a very wonderful way, there are definitely anti-church elements that are continuing to grow with somewhat of a government blessing because they don't want to be seen in a democracy as a secular democracy that the government is supporting uh, anti-church activities, but that government is strongly supported by uh, these anti-church elements. India is a very populous country, 1.2, 1.3 billion people. That's like 11 to 12 times the size of uh, Canadian population in the land area about the third of Canada. Now, obviously, most of Canada is, you know, we cannot live, but uh, that's the reality of it. So wherever you go, there are people. And uh, church has been there for almost 2,000 years, and there's literally hundreds of thousands of churches there, many of them uh, in the larger urban centers that are functioning, but there's a ton of persecution. We work with a number of churches and pastors, and uh, the church has been particularly in trouble during this season of pandemic because they have been kind of sidelined in terms of receiving uh, government assistance. So many, many churches have stepped up to the plate and are doing that. But one quick story I will tell, and then we will pray. Uh, we work with a number of pastors, and one of our pastors uh, in the middle of the night uh, group of people came and uh, grabbed him uh, from bed and dragged him literally slapping and kicking uh, all the way to the temple. And there they asked him to recant. As his mouth was bleeding uh, and they, they were still slapping him, they were trying to indoctrinate him and say, why are you following a foreign religion? Why are you betraying our gods and goddesses? It is a false religion that you're following. And you should hear him tell the story. My faith was put to shame when he said, as he was being hit in his face, he looked at them and he said, if it is a false religion, why are you so concerned? Why are you beating me? And so they literally said, if we catch you again next time, we will kill you and your family. And so a couple of weeks later, they fled the village and they're living in a different part of uh, that province, but still serving the Lord. So I asked myself if that should be the case for us here in Canada, and it might get to that, how would we respond? How would I respond? Even as the church is being persecuted and licenses are not being given for churches to build new churches, 
the work of the kingdom of God is growing in India in leaps and bounds like you have never seen before. So, whack-a-mole, you hit one down, 10, 100 will come up. And yet we also know that in the end times that this is something that will happen and we ought to be prepared for that. Let's pray. These are the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 5. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Father in heaven, we bring the land of India before your throne of grace this morning. Lord, you have a special purpose for the 1.3 billion people that live there, many of whom are continuing to serve you faithfully, many of whom are being persecuted. But in the midst of such persecution, people continue to serve you. People continue to look to you for guidance, for wisdom, and for protection. So we pray, Lord, for our brothers and sisters in this great land. We pray for the leaders of this country that you will raise, even though many of them do not know you as Lord and Savior. Lord, there is a sense of uh, the fear of God, their understanding of the fear of God. Lord, we pray that as Paul tries to teach us, it is that unknown God that we are here to teach you, and his name is Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray for the many uh, places in India where conversion is banned and many pastors are being persecuted, literally beaten, and some beaten to death. We pray for those families. Lord, we lift them up. We pray that you would continue to undertake for their needs. We pray that the leaders of this government would recognize that it is impossible it is impossible to cover up the truth the truth that is Jesus Christ and that it is impossible to force the people's hearts and minds while you may force them physically that you cannot change one's mind and one's heart so Lord I pray for the many thousands of pastors and ministries that are taking place in India and for the hundreds and thousands of people that are turning to Jesus, especially during this season of pandemic and uncertainty and not knowing where to turn, the hope that is found in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for that. Lord, I also pray for our own country here that lest we become complacent in our own comforts and luxuries and that we tend to become calloused and cold and lukewarm. Lord, I pray for a revival and a revolution in the church within Canada. And we pray for the many pastors and leaders right here, our own Pastor Gary and other staff here, Lord, 
that you would give them the boldness, you would give them the courage to speak and preach and teach the truth in love. And may we all be encouraged by that and that we would find the many ways that you provide for us to share our own story of transformation because your Holy Spirit has transformed our hearts and our minds. May that be the truth for this land of Canada that you have so blessed in so many ways. And all God's people said, 